Greetings in Jesus' name this morning. It's good to be here again at Oasis and worship with you all. It's a blessing to be here. Appreciated the all that we heard so far. <clears throat> and uh, I too would agree that it would be sufficient, but I trust that God would uh, have more for us today. Yeah, this is the beginning of March, and spring is just around the corner, and uh, spring's an exciting time. Warmer weather's coming, and we'll get out and enjoy that, and again, work in our gardens and such the like, and uh, this message is one that was a product of musing and of thinking last spring as I went about spring work on our property. <clears throat> Some time ago, uh, last spring, it was 11.30 p.m., and I was just... I'd gotten to bed a bit later than usual, and I was just drifting off into a sleep, and I heard some unusual noises. I heard some tires squealing, I heard some thumping, bumping noises, and then finally a crunch, and it went quiet. And I leaped out of bed with a shot of adrenaline that my wife can tell you I don't get those like that real often. And uh, I headed headed outside. I'll finish that story later. I'd like if we could, if you could stand with me. And I think we all probably know it mostly by memory. If you have to turn there, it's Psalm 1. Let's quote together all Six verses. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. You may be seated. Thank you. The godly man here in Psalm 1 is pictured as a tree. Isn't that a beautiful picture? A tree. And I like trees. Trees impress me. Trees, I'm just impressed with trees. Big trees. There's a a, a large uh, white oak maple at my mother's house and... That tree I have stand in awe of many times. Uh, it, it's it's large. Uh, I never looked it up, but supposedly there are records in uh, Lebanon County records somewhere that would indicate that that tree was a landmark to stagecoach drivers. If that's the case, we're talking a tree that's several hundred years old. And it has the size to say... So, and I've often stood there and marveled at just the limbs of the tree. And if you're familiar with a white oak tree, a white oak tends to put its branches straight out. A lot of trees angle them upwards, straight out. And these limbs going straight out the side of the trunk are, are the size of many trees in, in, in a typical forest. Typical woods around here themselves. And it's just Impressive to see that strength of that structure. 
Very awe-inspiring. You know, we all want to be like that tree, don't we? And uh, I was blessed in the testimony time. Our brother was sharing about bearing fruit as a tree. And so the question this morning is, is your spiritual life like a strong, healthy tree? Do you love God? Do I love God? It's a question we can ask this morning. Am I drawing nourishment from God's Word, as we heard about? Are your leaves green? Are you bearing fruit? Is the love of God evident in your life? Is it evident in my life? Those are questions we can ask ourselves this morning. Are we prospering? Are we free? Or are we in bondage? Are we able to respond rightly in difficult circumstances? When we are treated unfairly? Or are there areas in our lives that are drying up? That are shriveling up? Are there things in my life that are robbing me of joy and fulfillment and life is not as fulfilling as I wish it was? Do you feel frustrated with life? Frustrated with the circumstances that God has allowed to come your way? You know, one of the areas that we can look, and this isn't, this isn't, uh, the main thrust of the sermon today. The thrust of today is a little bit more general. And yet I share this as a, a specific area that we can look and we can think about as we go through the sermon this morning that can show whether we are prospering or whether we're thriving in our relationship with God or not. And that is our relationship with other people. You know, is there difficulty in my relationships? What about our marriage? Is there is there trouble? What about... With my children, or children, with my parents. In the church, with my church brothers and sisters, people that God intended there would be love and unity. Is there a struggle? Is there strife? Why is it there? And, and so this morning, that's just one area of personal relationships that we can look to, to begin to analyze where am I at in how is this tree doing? The blessed man in Psalm 1 chooses, he chooses to refuse wrong influence. He chooses to not stand and not walk and not sit with those that would influence him to do wrong. So it's a choice he makes, rather to live with his roots, drawing nourishment from the, from the Word of God, from Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and so, being the prospering tree, a prospering, flourishing tree, or being a tree that is perishing, that's shriveling up, is a matter of a simple choice in our lives. Now I realize that it seems to get very complicated, it can be very difficult, and yet we're talking about simple choices this morning. Being a prospering tree or a dying one. 
Today I want to talk about getting to and dealing with root issues in our lives. The title is Maple Trees, Mulch Piles, and Root Issues. Maple Trees, Mulch Piles, and Root Issues. I invite you to turn to the book of Jeremiah. As I said earlier, I was... This happened, this this message was inspired last spring as I did work around our home outside. And uh, at the same time, I was doing some of our spring work. I was also meditating, listening to the book of Jeremiah on audio. And uh, some things connected between the things I was experiencing there, very physically, there on the, uh, our front yard with our trees, and some of the things that the prophet Jeremiah had to say. We know Jeremiah as the weeping prophet. Jeremiah had the difficult job of bringing bringing the word of God in the last days of the kingdom of Judah. The kingdom of Israel had already fallen, was already taken entirely captive. The kingdom of Judah stood a while longer, but it had been, the the writing was on the wall, so to speak. The sin was done. God had already said that there would be judgment for the sins of the people, and they were currently in sin. And uh, if we were to take a brief look, which we don't have time to do, but if we were going to take a brief look at the kings during the time, there was four kings. You know, there was a good King Josiah, but then there was kings following him. And some of them only lasted a short time. And the kind of political strife and unrest that was going on and spiritual unrest was... Incredible. And this was the time that Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, as we call him, came to prophesy to the children of Judah. We're going to start in chapter 5. Jeremiah chapter 5. I would like to mention, we're not going to go there, but in chapter 1... God calls Jeremiah and gives him a number of specific uh, responsibilities, things that he is called to do, and two of those things especially jumped out to me. Here's, here's the phrase, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build, and to plant. And what caught my attention there was to root out and to plant. Jeremiah chapter 5, let's read, starting at verse 1. Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now, and know, and seek in the broad places thereof, if ye can find a man. If there be any that excuseth judgment, executeth judgment, excuse me, executeth judgment, that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon it. And though they say, the Lord liveth, surely they swear falsely, O Lord, are not thine eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have not refused to receive correction. I'm sorry, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to return. There was no one that seeketh truth. This is the word of God through Jeremiah. This was not a good time, as I was already saying, in the kingdom of Judah. In verse 3, prophet Jeremiah says that thou hast stricken them. They were stricken. They were bearing lots of punishment for their sin. And yet, and yet, 
they had not stopped and considered. They refused to hear correction. Their faces set harder than a rock. Harder than a rock. But things look good on the outside. Verse 2 says, And though they say the Lord liveth, these people professed the name of the Lord. And though they say the Lord liveth. You you know, we can have so much trouble. We can sit here and we can profess the name of Christ. And yet we can have so much strife in our relationships, in our marriages, in our homes, in our churches. And not stop and consider what's wrong. Not hear correction. It's very possible. Turn to chapter 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. Let's begin reading in verse 1. The sin of Judah is written with a pen of iron and with the point of a diamond. It is graven upon the table of their heart and upon the horns of your altars. Whilst their children remembered their altars and their grove by the trees upon the high hills. O my mountain in the field, I will give thy substance and all thy treasures to the spoil and thy high places for sin throughout all thy borders. And thou, even thyself, shalt discontinue from thine heritage that I gave thee. And I will cause thee to serve thine enemies in the land which thou knowest not. For ye have kindled a fire in mine anger, which shall burn forever. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath, or a shrub, in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabited. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when the heat, when heat cometh. But her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. You see... The people of Judah had a heart problem. They had a heart problem. Their sin was written on their hearts. It says graven with a pen of iron and with a point of diamond. Verse 5 says, The man whose heart departeth from the Lord. He'll be like a like the heath, like the a stripped shrub, a shriveling up dried shrub in the desert, in a salty desert. That's what he'll be like. But in verses seven eight we see again these verses that no doubt <clears throat> Uh, no doubt were somewhat inspired from the words of Psalm 1. Those who trust in the Lord will be like a tree, a beautiful tree. That even in the worst of circumstances, even in the worst adversity, will be prospering and bearing fruit. And in verses 9 and 10, the focus comes right back to the heart. The heart is deceitful. The heart is wicked.
The Bible gives us this clear verdict about the heart. And yet, it's so easy to make excuses. So easy to make excuses for my sin, for my selfishness, for my pride. When we moved to the property where we live currently, there was a there's a beautiful Norway maple in the front yard. I really liked the tree. It was fairly large. It had a very nice shape. It was it was a, a nice dome uh, uh, shape. Had a beautiful form to it in the front yard there. It uh, gave a very nice appearance to the property. It shaded a good portion of the front yard. And uh, I, I really enjoyed this tree. I, it was an inspiration to me. Like I said, I, I enjoy trees. Well, not too long after we moved there, one spring, I noticed that on the one side there were some branches that were not quite leafing out the way they should. There was a few leaves on them, but not like the rest of the tree. Most of the, this tree typically got nice big leaves and, and very, very green. And these branches just just weren't following suit. And I thought, what's what's wrong? What's the problem? But as I looked at it, the rest of the tree looked so good. The area where this happened was so small, I thought, oh, there's, there's nothing really wrong. Uh, it just, it's something strange happened here and, and it'll be fine. <clears throat> and that's how it can be in our personal lives. We can live in denial. We can live in denial that I have a need in my life while I'm holding bitterness in a relationship towards someone. We can be in denial while we resist authority. While being unkind to my wife or to my husband, we can deny that there is heart problems Well, the next spring, next summer, that spot was a little bigger. A few more branches infected. And I looked at it. Still wasn't near a large portion of the tree. Most of you probably wouldn't have noticed it if you came to my house. And uh, I looked at it and I thought, well, it looks like maybe there's some fungus and bugs and things going on here. We had some wet years. I thought must be excessive moisture having an adverse effect on this tree. It's the environment that this tree has. This environment's not good for this tree. Maybe once we have a good dry summer again, things dry out, things will things will turn around. This fungus will die and and uh, this tree will be able to prosper again as it should. It'll get over it. Give it a little time. Isn't that how it is in our lives? We excuse things on the environment we're in. I've been treated unfairly. You know, if everyone would treat me right, I could be the Christian I ought to be. Isn't that how we tend to think? I could be a good person. I could be fulfilled in life. I could be prospering if others would do their part. Well, the next year, the problem was bigger. And it was more noticeable, much more noticeable. And I needed to do something. And so I was a bit alarmed 
about this. What is killing my tree so slowly and steadily? I called, got on the phone and called an arborist. An arborist is a person that's trained to diagnose and help trees and shrubs and that kind of thing. And this man came out to our property and uh, he got out of his vehicle there and we started talking and I, I pointed to the tree that's ailing and we began to walk there and we were walking to the tree from the other side of the problem so as far as I was concerned he didn't even see the problem yet and so I was prepared to pull him around to the other side of the tree and point out these branches that are suffering. And this man, he was a very nice man, but he almost seemed to ignore me as we got to that tree. And uh, I could have almost felt a bit slighted that he didn't seem to really be paying attention to my concerns about the tree. But rather, he he walked right to the base of the tree and knelt down at the base of the tree. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, have you have you even looked at the tree? Have you have you seen the problem with the tree? You didn't even walk over here where you can see it, and you're kneeling at the base of the tree. And this man says, "Right here's the problem." Really? And I'm thinking to myself, no, no. There, there's other problems out here. You know, surely you have some spray or something that you can spray on this tree and it'll kill some fungus off or something and, and, and we can move on and it'll all be fine. You know, he says right here at the base of the tree is the issue. And then he began to explain, you know, the problem with my tree was something that had happened, uh, began a long, long, long time. Perhaps, maybe even when it was planted there. That tree did not have good root habits, for starters. When it began, and then over time... You know how maples tend to kind of have those surface roots that tend to be kind of ugly in the yard? Over time, people, including myself the last few years, had piled mulch up around the base of that tree and kind of covered up those ugly roots, piled up against the the trunk of the tree. This man had a nickname for that. He called it a mulch volcano, a pile of mulch with a tree out the top. Really? Well, maples insist on growing their roots to the surface where the moisture is, and especially a mulch holds the moisture. So this this maple had some deep root problems, and, and then it kept bringing those up to the surface and into that pile of mulch over time. And what had happened was, these roots were basically strangling the tree. There was roots that were, and as he began to pull back the dirt, I could see that, ah, oh, yes, here's a, here's a root. It's, it's basically no longer distinguishable as a root because it's buried in the side of the tree. And here's another one, and here's another one, all the way around the base of this tree where we had been covering, covering things up with mulch, making it look nice. He uh, said, this is the problem. It's cutting off the flow of nutrients up the tree. And then uh, from there, he began to point out that the problems that I were seeing were all, all went back to that root issue. He began to go up to the trunk. You see here on the side of the tree, we have bark that's coming off. We have, we have problems. We have bugs. We have the environment is is affecting the tree. 
But the reason that the tree is not able to withstand these diseases and these, the pests is because of a root issue. You know, some of the basic heart issues in our lives, you know, are selfishness and pride. Selfishness and pride. Now, I say I'm a spiritual person, and yet I, we, we get pretty good. <laughs> we get pretty good at covering up who we are, right? Piling mulch around the base of our tree. Covering up just how selfish and how proud I really am. I asked this man, I said, well, I guess it's over for this tree. And he said, well, yeah, could be, but he said, there's, there's a small chance. There's a chance. I said, okay. He had a crew come to my yard that brought a large air compressor. They didn't get in there with hose and shovels and hard tools and get rough, but rather they just simply blew away the dirt with high air pressure away from the base around that tree. So it blew all the dirt away and allowed the roots exposed without damaging the roots. And then they began to take cutting tools and cut the roots that were circling the trunk, that were the most pressing on the trunk of that tree. Uncovered what they call the root flare, where the roots should actually be on a tree. Tried to get rid of the roots that were above that. You know, that's how it is in our lives. If we're going to be a healthy, prospering tree, we need to be honest with ourselves. We need to have the humility to allow the dirt, the mulch to be pushed aback and to ex- for our real selves to be exposed. To take an honest look at who we really are. <clears throat> Must be willing to admit that the problem is not the environment, but the problem is right here with me. Sure, I'm sure others have their root issues as well. But what about me? Cut some of the roots, gave the trees some fertilizer. We need to allow God to remove the walls of protection I built around my selfish heart. You know, people that care the most about me Sometimes they know when to bring pain. What they say to me, what they try to show me, does not always feel good. And that's how it was for this tree, as these men cut some of those roots. Philippians 4.13, it's important that we realize that God has the power for me to change. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You know, for this tree, it seemed like a losing battle. And it actually was a losing battle. But if there's life, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. We can conquer in our lives. I wish I could say that that tree turned around and is healthy today. But the truth is that there, those root issues were so deep, we were not able to get to all the problems. And eventually, <clears throat> we decided to remove the tree, cut it down, <clears throat> remove the stump, And sure enough, down there where we couldn't see, there was more roots that were just pinching off the flow of nutrients to that stem. 
Matthew 3.10 says, And now, this is John the Baptist speaking, And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. That's exactly what happened with the tree there in my yard. But I want to impress on our hearts this morning, as disappointing as the outcome of that tree is, that as long as we're living, we have the opportunity. The Bible has promised that if we allow God to work in our hearts, He will help us. We will be victorious. We can be victorious. There is hope. There was actually another tree behind my house that was headed the same direction, starting to have a few issues. And it was discovered that it was a very similar, very same thing going on. And I actually did it myself and took a little longer, but I used a regular air compressor and blew the dirt away and did some cutting. And the story's not over yet, but so far... What I've seen is the stem of that tree has begun to strengthen. It was, it's kind of been under stress the past couple of years. You know, we cut a bunch of roots. That's hard on a tree. But what I've seen is it's, it's beginning to reap the benefits of that. The areas of the trunk that were restricted are now beginning to fill out more. And I'm beginning to see health that was not there before. That's the hope we have in Jesus Christ. Well, the old Norway maple was taken down. I went to the nursery and I bought some new maple trees. Not just one, but a bunch of trees. I said I like trees. It's dangerous when I start buying trees. Beautiful young trees, fresh from the nursery, perfect looking. They reminded me of youth. They reminded me of strength of young young vigor. But as I began one by one to pull these trees out of their pots that they were in, I saw problems. The roots were circling the pot. These young trees were root-bound in these pots. And I had learned some lessons from working with that old maple tree that I knew This is not good. You know, the the problems of selfishness and pride are a part of our human nature. From when we're children. From when we're just young. And so as I looked at those roots, those root-bound root balls, I thought of Proverbs 22, verse 15. It says, foolishness is bound in the heart of the child but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. The arborist that came to my place told me that, you know, a lot of people simply pull trees out of of their pots and pop them in the ground and hooray, we planted a tree. And they don't prepare them for a life of growth. And so it is. Many parents allow their children to grow to adulthood. And that selfish heart, that human heart, has not been dealt with. Parents, we have a great responsibility to help our children learn how to deal with selfishness and pride in their heart. And the, the battle won't be over when they leave our care. But we can learn, we can learn, we can... Help them learn how to deal with those things, how to work, how to allow the Spirit of God to work in their lives and to rid their hearts of selfishness and pride. Proverbs 23, verse 12 to 19, I'll just read it. It says, Apply thine heart unto instruction, and thine ears to the words of knowledge. Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with a rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with a rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. 
My son, if thine heart be wise, my heart shall rejoice, even mine. Yea, my reign shall rejoice when my, thy lips speak right things. Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. For surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Hear, my son, and guide thine heart in the way. Yes, it is parents' responsibility to train children. But you know, all of us at some point must choose. Make that simple choice like we talked about in Psalm 1 to guide our hearts. I took those young trees, pulled them out of their pots, took an old pruning bypass, pruning shears, and I began to cut up and down the or up, making some long cuts in the sides up and down of those root balls until I was sure that I had killed all the roots that were going in a circular manner. All that would have been left would have been the few roots spreading out from the stem of that tree. That was painful. And this was getting later into the spring than what I would have liked. Heat was beginning to come on. There were some warm days ahead. And I watched in anxiousness as I carried buckets of water and as I ran hoses and for the next several weeks as these trees began to no longer look as healthy as the day I bought them. But slowly, surely, they turned around. I don't regret what I did. You know, youth, we need to deal with the selfishness, the pride, the bitterness. You know, another root issue we could talk about is the love of the world. We need to learn to deal with those things when we're young and not make excuses when we're young. Because when we're older, it only gets more difficult. It only gets more difficult and harder to deal with. From the time I was a young person, well, I still am a young person. But in my young years, I have talked with many youth. And and I'm not just talking at Harmony and here. uh, I'm talking elsewhere as well. Talk with many youth. And heard many hurting youth talk about the hurts of parents, <clears throat> hurts from church, bitterness in their, in their hearts, <clears throat> heard about those things. And one thing I've often heard from time to time was, I need space. Just give me some time. Give me some time to heal. I realize that sometimes there are there are things, there are hurtful things in our lives that only time will heal. Such as when I cut the roots on those young trees, there was only time left to and water to see that things would turn around. But you know, if the selfishness and the pride, the bitterness has not been dealt with, time will not help the issue. In fact, it will compound the issues. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 23 says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Well, that spring evening, <clears throat> as I heard those noises, squealing tires, thumping, bumping, crunch, I ran out of the house, 
ran out into my garage. And uh, before I got a chance to even look outside, I could hear something bad was going on. I could hear <clears throat> a person sobbing and crying and was definitely in an emotional distress. And I could hear the voice was moving around the house, and I was like, oh, no, this person might not be sober. I told Shell to make sure the front door's locked. <laughs> Didn't want this person coming into the house. And I walked out, and here was a car backwards, smashed into my service truck backwards. The back of it was into my truck. And uh, there's a young man, he saw me, he pulled himself together and asked, you okay? Well, yeah, he's he's fine. And immediately he began to say things like, I, I'm so sorry, I, I, I couldn't help it. The, the tires slipped. Uh, I spun out. I spun out. The tires slipped. I, I, there was nothing I could do. Well, I didn't say much. I uh, I looked at the situation and I could see about what happened. I could see the marks up across the road. I, I live at an S turn and uh, he was, the direction he was coming, we would be on the second turn and I could see that he had not made the first turn and was in my neighbor's yard on the other side of the street and was just so getting things back in control when it came to the second turn. <laughs> He was getting back on the road, and uh, I saw coming off the turn into the end of our driveway there, I, I could see four marks, four marks, evenly spaced. That's not a good sign. I could see in my yard two marks that were way too far apart. So he was going perfectly broadside in, in my yard right right past and through the area where the old maple tree was, digging up the fresh dirt and uh, grass that I had just planted, right past the tree I had just planted to, uh, to, to replace that tree, the, the uh, string that I had put there to hold it up. He must have missed it by just a hair's breadth. <clears throat> Almost lost the tree. And uh, he went further and into... Our parking area there, uh, by that time the car was perfectly backwards and into my service truck and still had enough momentum, even though this is a good 100 feet or more off the road, still had enough momentum to push the truck a foot or two, the front of the truck. And there was a pile of mulch there. It was nicely spread out across my driveway. Remember, I was planting young trees. I'm putting some mulch around the tree. You know, not not up against the trunk, just around the outside of the tree. <clears throat> well, like I said, I didn't say much. Soon, this young man's mother came and saying, "What? What happened?" And he began, he kept saying some of the same things. I spun out. Uh, it was the stones, the stones loose. I, I, it slipped on the stones. And she kept asking questions. She wasn't quite so easily to keep quiet as I was. She's saying, but, but how did you get here? The road's out there. You're, the car's in here and it's backwards against his truck. What was going on? And she kept asking questions. How did you get the whole way in here? And uh, he kept making those excuses. And after a while, he just said, that's it. Let's not talk about it. We'll talk about it later. When we get home, later we'll talk about it. Not now. We're not going to talk about it now. Well, later on, I heard the state police talking to this young man. And that state police did just like that arborist did to me at the base of that tree. And these were his exact words. This was a very nice, very nice state police. This young man was fortunate. He said, you know, I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything, but I think you were going too fast. 
Talk about going right to the root of the issue. You know, today that young man has a choice. He can continue to make excuses and not change anything. Or he can look at the situation he made and say that I'm not fit to drive and refuse to drive. Neither of those are good responses. But he can take a humble look at what happened, the truth and humility, begin to change his habits, do some cutting. And that's what we need to do in our our lives. Trust that this parable could be a, a blessing today. Let's kneel for a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we come to you this morning as needy people. Lord, you made us. You know who we are. Father, you know our hearts this morning. You know how selfish, how pride, how proud we can be, Father. Lord, you know my heart. Lord, I pray that you would help us as we go throughout lives, that we would continue to allow your hand of sanctification to work in our lives, <clears throat> to humble ourselves, to, to look at the heart, to the, at the root issues in my life. Lord, for each one of my brothers and sisters here at Oasis, I pray that you bless them as they endeavor to serve you. Father, thank you for their desire for their passion. And I pray that you would prosper their, their, their efforts here as they work together as a body. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.